Okay, nobody panic. No. It was one game. It was a bad game. It was a very bad game. It was a bad game. I got to say that first half of the Lions lost yesterday was probably some of the roughest football I've watched in a while. And then the end of the or the end of the game, the fourth quarter, it, it kind of felt like a preseason game broke out just because the Ravens were up so much on the Lions. That, Let's uh, not forget that this is what we used to experience every week, not that long ago. And here's the thing: the Lions are still five and two. They're still first place in the division. Um, thank God we're not heading into the bye week this week with this loss hanging over the our heads. Uh, they're playing the Raiders, who aren't great this season, next week. And uh, we'll probably head into the bye week 6-2. and two. We're going to feel a lot better um, a week from tomorrow about this line. See, but it was a rough one. And it's- if you watch the U of M MSU game, that was worse. And you know what? We're going to talk about this later. The game wasn't even the worst thing about the MSU U of M <laughs> No, game. there were so many other bad things that happened. But, uh, you know, we have our Lions correspondent today on a day that we need him more than ever because uh, here's Parker Moser to talk us off the ledge. Hey, Park. Hey, Mike. Uh, you're absolutely right. This was a very tough day. But I think it's a loss that we needed. This is a good team, and it's still early enough in the season that what this did is it showcased all of the holes that the Lions team had. All of our problems that we've been having throughout the season that none of the other teams could capitalize on, the Ravens capitalized on that absolutely this game. And what I think we can and need to do going forward is we can use this game to look at what we need to fix and implement that the rest of the season with our easier schedule and get ready for the playoffs. And look, I think if you look at any Super Bowl winning team, they, they've all had had a blowout or two in the regular season. So I know if, it, you know what, there were a couple people who dropped the S word yesterday, same old Lions. I think that's a bit unfair. I think uh, yeah. I, I think next week uh, against the Raiders on Monday night is going to sh- really show us about this team because uh, I, I remember last year, you know, they had that bad loss against Carolina in the middle of that hot streak, and then they 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 came back and they they finished strong. So um, everybody, calm down. Yeah, yeah. One, one big loss that doesn't mean all of the hype around the Lions the uh, earlier in the season is invalid. They're still a good team. None right. of that's wrong now because of this loss. Yeah, I think what happens is we all have PTSD, and we're all so used to the Lions building up our hopes and dashing them that uh, you know, as as soon as they have a bad game, I was like, oh, it was a fluke. See, he told you, told you. You're right. Calm down. Uh, the Lions will be. The Raiders next week. I, I think they'll beat them, don't you think, Park? And then we'll be going into the bye week six and two, feeling good about ourselves. I'm confident. I mean, I, I think we can do it. I've se- I've been seeing some of the games that the Raiders have been playing, not a whole lot, but I've seen the scores and I've seen the teams they've been up against. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be able to beat this team like some of the other ones. But I'm not gonna sit here and say it's a certainty because right, I wouldn't is. say that's ever you know a thing in, in the- football. Yeah. Well, thank you, Park, for talking us off the ledge. As always. I'm going to miss Lloyd singing in the last segment. But we got to earn it. That's right. We got to earn it. Um, All right. Well, so um, we are heading into the third week of this uh, war between uh, Israel and and, and Hamas. And uh, I guess we'll start with the good news, Renee. Um, Hamas released two American hostages. um, That is good news. Small victory. Right. a, a, A joint negotiation between the United States and Qatar. Um, 59-year-old Judith Renan, she's an artist from Evanston, Illinois. Her 17-year-old daughter, Natalie, was also 
uh, released. They were taken hostage while in Israel where they were visiting Judith's mother for her 85th anniversary on the 7th. Uh, Yuri Renan, Judith's ex-husband, Natalie's father, said he expects them both home this week for Natalie's 18th birthday. Wow. Um, yeah, so um, it's a, that'd be a, a heck of a birthday. I shouldn't say a small victory. That's a huge victory for them. Yeah, it's a huge victory for, for the, the family. But I think mm-hmm. what you meant, small victory because there's still a lot of hostages yes, that need to be There's still free. a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Um, they were uh, escorted out of Gaza by the Red Cross, who I'm sure will be playing a major role in all future American hostage releases. Uh, Hamas said that they offered to free two more hostages, but Israel declined. Israel says that that's BS. Um, Egypt finally opened its border with Gaza. Forty trucks worth of humanitarian aid came in um, over the weekend. Obviously, that's probably not nearly enough, but it's a good start. Uh, hopefully more will flow in uh, now that that's opened. Fuel for water pumps and other infrastructure in Gaza were not being allowed in for some reason. And this works. It, it appears to be expanding. Israel began carrying out airstrikes against uh, Syria and the West Bank, uh, the other Palestinian territory inside Israel. They said that the uh, targets inside the West Bank were terrorist targets and that they were taking time bombs. Um, the State Department is urging its citizens, uh, U.S. citizens, to leave Lebanon. That's not a good sign. No. And the U.S. is sending more missile defense systems in response to escalations by Iran and its allies in the region. So it looks like this thing is building towards, um, if not a direct conflict between the United States and Iran, at least a proxy war, which is uh, was worst-case scenario. Still 212 hostages over there. Yeah, and obviously Hamas is going to be using them as leverage. But yeah. uh, like you said, it's great that the uh, uh, at least two have been returned to their families. Uh, funeral services yesterday. This is just was a terrible story over the weekend. 40, 40 year old Samantha Wool, the Detroit Synagogue Board President, uh, was found dead outside her home of apparent stab wounds on Saturday. Been an outpouring of grief from the Metro Detroit Jewish community, as well as Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin and Attorney General Dana Nessel. Samantha Wool has done work with them in the past. There was supposed to be an update yesterday from Detroit police. Um, uh, James White released a segment, uh, a, a, a statement saying that uh, there's no new updates. There might be one today. Today, that's what I heard. The only thing that James White is saying is everyone just uh, don't jump to any conclusions. Mm-hmm. I think we and we I think we all did jump to conclusions. Of course we did. I mean, with everything that's going on and, and, and an increased um, threat against the, both the Jewish and Muslim communities. The uh, Detroit police are saying that there's no evidence of anti-Semitism yet. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that this wasn't uh, motivated by anti-Semitism. It's an uh, ongoing investigation. Yeah. And, and they're just being responsible sure. um, as law enforcement. It could have been random. Uh, but, yeah, a huge outpouring of uh, support yesterday. Um she was a remarkable woman in the community. All she wanted was good. You could just tell by her work. Well, and the thing is, she had so many decades of of, of service ahead of her. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 40 years old. What a loss. Yeah. Um, Dawood Walid, executive director of the Council on American-Islamic Relations, he released a statement. He says, we are troubled by the apparent homicide of Samantha Wall, a beloved leader within her faith community. Uh, we also send our sincere condolences to her family and friends and to the Detroit Jewish community as a whole for the tragic loss. Uh, while he said that that he has participated in interfaith activities with Wool's congregation in past years 
and uh, stood in solidarity with them at a prayer vigil in 2018 after the Tree of Life synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh. So I think it's important to read that, uh, you know, the tensions between these two religions Mm -hmm. um, seem to be um, obviously at at a crescendo right now. But here locally, it seems like there is some some brotherhood and sisterhood between the two. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, my first thought, my first thought is what James White um, warned us against. And, and, you know, we'll be responsible and we'll reserve judgment um, in, until the facts come out. Sure. Uh, what the hell happened with on, at East Lansing on Saturday with the MSU video board? About 80 minutes before game time, a picture of Adolf Hitler appeared on the screen with a trivia question about his birth country. Um Michigan State, uh, they they released a statement saying we're deeply sorry for the content that was displayed as this is not representative of our institutional values. MSU will not be using a third party source going forward and will implement stronger screening and approval procedures for all video board content in the in the future. So um, when I first uh, when I first saw someone post about this, I was like, this has got to be fake. This has got to be a Photoshop. This has got to be a deep fake. But um, apparently it wasn't. So that third party, they came out and said that they weren't even paying us to use that. Yeah, you know what it was? They they just went to freaking YouTube. YouTube and streamed it. Yeah, they found like uh, a video of, of, of trivia and yeah. they, just, they, they just slapped it up on the Jumbotron. Right, which by the way, I, they said that that wasn't intended to be used for that type of um, atmosphere. Yeah. It was more for the bar crowd, which I don't know that there's a proper audience for that right. anyway. That was my other thought. Like, okay, number <laughs> when one. When do you feel that that's proper anywhere? Come up with better questions, dude. I mean, especially because this video was made uh, like eight days before Saturday. So, you know, this conflict in Israel, uh, what was happening and, and whoever made this this trivia video still put a, a, a trivia question about Adolf Hitler. In know it. your audience, which is this is not proper for any audience. No. I, and, and here's the thing. I, I'm going to go on record as saying that there is no good time right. to reference Adolf Hitler right. in a trivia. But especially now with right. what's going on in, in the Middle East. Uh, you know, there is the the death of Samantha Wally, a, a, a popular uh, Jewish leader, just hours before. Oh, my gosh. Michigan State is still trying to emerge from its own controversy. A month ago, this wouldn't have been proper. Ever. Right. So and that's the other thing. People are like, oh, well, it was, you know, they grabbed it from you. Uh, who's 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 using Hitler is a trivia question so many ever. Other questions you could have come up with, right? If only, if only there was somebody else you could have asked about <laughs> uh, their birth country. So many other historical figures. Um, yeah. So I mean, to me, it sounds like what this was. It was just some, you know, lazy kid yeah. who was like, "Oh, I got to put something up," and he just just slapped mm. it on. Um, the board of trustees released the statement saying that they were outraged and they demand to know. Uh, the exact chain of events leading up to this MSU um, has... You nailed it. A lazy kid. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, MSU has Come suspended on. an employee for it. But, I mean, here's the thing. Do, doesn't the university have a responsibility to screen the content that Ugh. goes up on the screen and or the people who have access to that screen? So just uh, just an apps and, and here's the thing. It's... It's all over the place. I mean, what an embarrassment for, uh, you know, a, a university that cannot afford any more embarrassment. That was a worse embarrassment than the game.
It really was. And, and, and you know, the thing is, you know, the players had nothing to do with that. It, it no. literally was no. just one knucklehead who, you know, didn't want to do their due diligence and put it up there at just the worst possible time culturally and politically. It's and just a PR else. nightmare over there right now, one you know, after another. It, it really has been a nightmare season. I'm sure Ugh. I'm sure they would love a, t- a time machine to go back. A do-over. Yeah. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. So it was such a busy news weekend, Renee, that we didn't even get into two of the biggest stories that we've been following in that first segment. Um, uh, what's going on in the House electing a speaker or lack thereof in the and the uh, UAW strike? Uh, I guess that uh, press conference that Jim Jordan held on Friday saying that we need to elect a speaker by the end of the weekend. It doesn't sound like uh, it didn't sound like the rest of the House fell in line. Crickets. Crickets. And uh, on top of that, um, you know, uh, Jim Jordan went down in a, a, a third vote for a House Speaker. And then uh, the Republicans met behind closed doors and did a secret ballot. He is no longer uh, the nominee. So it's chaos. There are now like 10 Republicans who are either officially running for Speaker or are considering it. And I got to say, I, I the only person out of the lot that I've actually heard of uh, is Jack Bergman. That's because he's he uh, represents uh, the, like the northern half of the lower peninsula from like West Branch up and then the entire upper peninsula, which if I were a congressman and uh, I had to pick district that wasn't a metro district, that's the one that I would. Uh, what a beautiful scenic district to have. Could you imagine all the miles you can write off? All the pasties, all the fudge you get to have. The fall colors. It's very scenic. Yeah, except uh, I'd be like, sorry, UP, you're kind of on your own in the winter because I'm not driving. <laughs> right. You know? The snow tires that you would get to write off. If, if you if you get an Internet signal where you're at, uh, go ahead and <laughs> right. email me. Sorry, I had no cell phone signal. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So we, there, there's up to 10 Republicans. I guess there's going to be a candidate forum tonight. Um, and then they're going to. Uh, do a secret ballot for nomination tomorrow, and uh, what a mess. I mean, at this point, at at this point, if it wasn't for um, Israel funding and uh, the impending uh, government uh, shutdown in the middle of November, I don't think I would care at this point. Did you see the uh, Facebook meme that was going around the Spirit Halloween costume? <laughs> what was it on the Capitol? Yeah, no, it, it was like the Spirit Halloween costume. Oh yeah, meme. the pa- yeah the you package, know, the package, and it said uh, Speaker of the House costume, and there was nothing there. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, what a Perfect. mess! Perfect. You know, speaking of Halloween costumes, you. Um, earlier on this fall, you predicted that Sean Fain was going to be a popular Halloween costume. It's so easy to put together. All you need is a trash can. Yeah. And you need some kind of one of his outfits that he wore that he's done on his Facebook lives. The glasses. The glasses. I, yeah, I think maybe. Maybe what, a UAW hat. Yeah, I think I think you need some kind of UAW paraphernalia and yeah. maybe um, on the, the gar- rich shirt. Yeah, or yeah, if if that's available, I mean that you should make it. that should be merch. I this. know. Yeah, make it on your cricket. Um, make some. He could put it in the strike fund if he sold it. I was gonna say. I mean, yeah, they could, uh, and then this thing could go on forever All if right. they wanted it to. <laughs> I think also on the garbage can, you'd have to uh, you'd have to put like uh, big three contracts. Right. Or, you need a little something. Uh huh. Anyway, so, uh, of course, uh, Sean Fain, he did his live stream this Friday at 4. Um, I, tr- I, 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 I tried introducing uh, the uh, 
FLI, the feign lateness index, which means that the later <laughs> on in the day he talks, the be- the better the news. And uh, it, it was kind of neutral this week. The good news is that uh, there there's no new strike targets. Right. Even though uh, he did mention the Ford Rouge plant because Bill Ford spoke at it earlier mm-hmm. and he was mad about that. It was kind of like a stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. And That's if you exactly make, what it was. Yeah. Um, and there was actually some optimism earlier in the day. Some people thought that there might be a deal reached uh, with, be, with with GM because they, they gave like a late contract offer and he was speaking at four. Normally he announces new strike targets at 10. But um, but uh, no, he said that, uh, um, you know, there's still there's still money to be made and there's still progress for the union to be made. So um, kind of just. Just business as usual. Yeah, he was calling the companies out for saying every time they make an offer, they say it's the best they can do until a new offer gets made. Right. Saying that there's more room to move. Yeah. Let's go. So we'll see. I think, uh, and and you know what? The place to watch these is Facebook because I just love reading the comments. All the comments. I like reading the comments before people are like taking action on how late Sean Fain's going to be. And then there's a roll call of where they're watching from and what plant they're from. Right. And old friends are reunited. It's like, oh, hi, Shirley. I worked with you at the Flint, you know. Flint Assembly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where are you at now? Oh, I'm at Trenton Engine or whatever. Do you still talk to so-and-so? Do you still talk to Bob? <laughs> right. No, he retired. Let's get together back when we get we have steady paychecks. <laughs> again what shift are you on now yeah all right <laughs> well hit me up um there was a noticeable groundswell though of people in the comments saying well what let, let's take a vote now put put up these proposals and let's take a vote now mm-hmm. sean fain said that the ultimate decision decision will be made by the membership but that leadership will determine when the time for that decision will be yep so um and and he's 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 keeping his promise of keeping us on our toes and and, and making it unpredictable. But I mean, something could happen today. You just don't know with him. Yeah, hey, uh, he he said he's done waiting till Friday. So um, hopefully that goes both ways. Done waiting for Friday to announce strike targets, and maybe we don't have to wait till Friday uh, if we actually get a deal with somebody. Right. But, uh, there was kind of a scary incident on the picket line. Yeah, and Warren police were called to Stellantis Warren Parts Center. A truck driver pulled a gun on striking workers blocking the entrance. Uh, the incident was caught on camera, and the driver's now facing potential charges. UAW member Herman Hurd was recording on his cell phone when things got heated between picketers and a truck driver. Hurd said the driver pulls up, and he's pulling up like he's going to barrel into everybody. Hurd and fellow UAW members Barbara Harvey and Justin Shadowski were shocked by the confrontation they say that uh, they're allowed to block trucks from entering the part center but only for a few minutes until they eventually let them through things quickly took a turn the moment the driver reached toward the middle console and got out of his truck with a gun in his right hand heard called 911 and warned police arrived within minutes confiscating the gun however since they didn't witness the incident and the driver never pointed the gun brandishing a firearm is only a misdemeanor and the driver was free to go in response, the trucking company Midwest Freight Systems say, say that they don't condone violence and the driver's no longer with the company. It's also against their policy for drivers to carry a gun. Warren Police said that they are in the process of submitting a warrant to the Macomb County Prosecutor's Office uh, for brandishing a weapon. Warren Police say that the charge is a 90-day misdemeanor. 
Yeah, and I know that there were some incidents of of tensions boiling over earlier on in the strike, and and it seemed like in Flint there was some problems. Flint, there was uh, there, there was someone screaming racial epi- uh, racial slurs up in up in Pontiac, and it seemed like that kind of has calmed down a bit. Mm-hmm. But but just things going on five weeks, and uh, hopefully uh, you know hopefully this is just an isolated incident. Yeah. Um. So this fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage ballot proposal uh, might be in might be in some danger. Yeah, a proposal to raise it to $15 has been blocked from getting on the 2024 ballot after the Michigan Board of Canvassers deadlocked on whether or not it had a sufficient number of signatures. Earlier this week, One Fair Wage MI, the group behind the proposal, said that they gathered more than 610,000 verified signatures to put the proposal on the ballot. They said the Michigan Bureau of Elections certified those signatures. However, there were still steps for the proposal to get on the ballot. Those signatures have been certified by or have to be certified by the Michigan Board of State Canvassers and the ballot title and summary have to be approved before it gets on the ballot. Now, during the board's meeting on Friday, the two Democratic members voted to certify the petition while the Republican members voted against it, citing changes in the language of the petition. The changes deal with the definition of an employer. Organizers wanted to change the definition of an employer from someone who employs two or more people to someone who employs one one or more, but in the petition that was circulated, they didn't change the two to a one, instead had 21 or more people. Yeah, this seems very arbitrary that that uh, the, uh, what is it, the Board of Canvassers? Yeah. Uh, can, can, can determine whether or not something can appear on the ballot, even though it collected... The six hundred and ten thousand signatures. I feel, you know, I feel like they're playing kind of playing fast and loose with semantics here. It, yeah, it, and isn't that disenfranchising the six hundred and ten people who signed the petition? Yeah, well, somebody's calling a group against a petition called the proposal sloppy and commended the board's decision. Yeah, well, of course they did. Uh, I, I mean, here's the thing: fifteen an hour kind of feels like the de facto minimum wage now, doesn't it? Yeah, which what is it nine? It's ten 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 right now. And and this would make um minimum make the minimum wage fifteen dollars an hour by twenty twenty seven. But I mean most most now hiring signs now I see for fast food and real te- retail jobs advertise a similar wage. So yeah. I mean it's not enough to live on now. It's definitely not going to be enough to live on by by twenty twenty seven by twenty twenty seven. So, uh, but yeah, I mean. Six hundred and ten signatures. I don't know. I, I feel like a guy likes to use the term "moving the goalposts," and to yep. me, that's what this feels like. Yeah. Speaking of guy, we'll be talking to him after the break as we get you ready for Jr. Morning. It's first thing. Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR. And you know what? Let's just start Jr. Morning right now. Guy Lloyd and Jamie. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, I've got a uh, general malaise falling over me because um, we're starting off a Monday and and Lloyd is not singing the fight song. I can't sing it. Today. No. no, we got to earn no. it. Yeah. Yeah. We got to earn that 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 uh, fight song. Can we have a, just a therapy Thursday for all of us? <laughs> <I'm delighted laughs> well, you well, know, if you're a Spartan fan and a Lions fan. Then uh, yeah, maybe some therapy. those Harbaugh's, man. Good Lord. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Roddy, I was very careful with uh, producer Nick Roddy as we were crossing Cass Avenue, because even though there is no traffic, he kept trying to throw himself uh, <laughs> into the in. Look, look. <laughs> 
<laughs> right now, if I'm a Spartan fan, I would just settle for them uh, keeping a tighter lock on who has access to that jumbotron. Uh, oh man, are you kidding? Yeah, Take the keys. I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, we talked about it earlier, and uh, you know what? I was, I was just, I, I, I saw the pictures, and I said, please, someone just come out and tell us, tell me that this was a deep fake or, or like a Photoshop job or something. And it just you turned. Know, it, it was an honest mistake. It was a it was an unforced error because someone didn't check Their the whole thing. Their problem was oversight. That's yeah, it. right. Yeah. It's it's just, a third it has party. been fine. Yeah. How many times have they used that? And they said, "Yeah, it's always been fine," until it wasn't. Yeah. And I mean, of course, yeah. it just comes in the highest profile game of the year. Yeah, I mean, my guess is it was probably just some kid who you know was was a little lazy and he didn't mm-hmm. properly screen what he put up. Um, but, uh, I don't yeah. know if it was a kid, it might have been like a, a, a PR professional, yeah. if you will. I'm not sure, but they said they used a third party and they just didn't even tell that third party they were using it. Well, yeah. the content was third party. Yeah. Yes. The YouTube. Yeah. yeah. A quiz yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. But when did that quiz show ever think that that was a good question to use period? Right. Just overall. Right. Well, because it probably wasn't meant to be put on a jumbotron, was it? It was well, the probably quiz meant show to, it, person came out and said, "This is part of history. It is a trivia question. Yeah, it so happened. many other questions. That could yeah, be yeah. If it was, was going to be a bar trivia thing, you're probably okay. yeah. Context. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, but it's especially you know the, the things that are going on right now. Right. Well, that's right. yeah, right. Just, and 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 that's it. That's yeah. the thing. You're a victim I, of timing. Yeah, and I mean, there's never. A, a, I don't think there's ever any good timing to put that guy up on a jumbotron. Uh, but yeah, like Lloyd said, I mean, with 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 what's going on on the world stage, uh, with what happened with Samantha Wall on Saturday. Um, it was just, it, yeah, it was, I, I mean, it's, it's bad timing anyway, but this was just really, really bad timing for that. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, go ahead. Jamie. If it was a crime though, you couldn't prove intent, right? Right. No, you couldn't. Uh, and that's, and that, that shouldn't be overlooked. Either. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamie. I'm sorry. I stepped on you. No, I was just going to make the point that guy just did. I, I don't think there was an intent here. I think their problem was oversight and it just sort of came at the exact wrong time. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and when we talk about, uh, Lloyd singing the fight song, you know, if we, if, if we skip it after the losses, it's going to make that, uh, it's going to make him singing the entire fight song, uh, in February <laughs> after we win the Super Bowl. that much sweeter. Listen, I will sing it backwards <laughs> if they get to the Super Bowl. But will, will he go with the Jackson baritone or his Isley Brothers falsetto? You know, I'll, I'll give you a mix of both. Uh, I was going to make the Super Bowl. If we win the Super Bowl, I think, uh, uh, and and Nick Roddy's probably going to have a talking to with me about this. We just have him sing uh, the fight song all morning long for all three hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can I get the Guinness book? Get the Guinness book people here then. So let's, if I'm going to do that, let's get do. the Guinness book people here. He's going to be wheezing like Jimmy Stewart at the end of <laughs> Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He's going to be on injured injured reserve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, you guys are not here in studio. You guys are uh, kicking off. The WJR College Tour this morning. So where do we find you? Uh, you find us at Wayne State University. We are in Warrior Country, and uh, we are. At, what's that? Oh, okay. I was right, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> my, my, yeah. The my 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 daughter got her master's here, so we're excited <laughs> to be at Wayne State University, uh, the Roy Wilson Building, uh, just off Cass Avenue. Which we should say again, the the biggest problem you have in Detroit now is is dodging. 
things colored orange. Yep, yeah. that's it. It's I mean, there's so many, so much economic development happening down here, and we're going to be talking about a. We're going to have the news before it's the news uh, later on this morning with a major announcement coming from MEDC that will be happening on the Wayne State campus. But it's good news for all. Uh, on Friday, we heard that that other university, University of Michigan, mm-hmm. is going to be expanding its footprint down here. You know, an incredible investment downtown that we were waiting for the I's to be dotted and the T's to be crossed. So lots of good things happening down here. Yeah, and it seems like, I mean, it seems like kind of the the, the comeback of Detroit kind of started down there at Wayne State and it sort of expanded out. So it's kind of a bellwether of what's what's to come in the city. Yeah, we're on the south end of the Midtown Miracle Mm -hmm. right here. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're kind of at the Fisher Building there at the north end of it. And what happened in between... It's almost 12 years ago now. It, it really still is a miraculous thing. It is. So we've got a so. jam-packed show. Um, man, I wish we had time to talk talk speaker uh, because I, I have a theory. <laughs> I have a theory uh, about who I think the easiest path is to a new speaker. And uh, I think that'll still be a topic tomorrow because something tells me is we're not going to have a new speaker by this time tomorrow. Oh, so, no? You're probably right. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm, not, I'm not taking bets on FanDuel because I probably wouldn't make m- much money off it anyway if I was correct. But uh, J.R. Morning. We should see if they're doing any FanDuel prop bets. You know what? I'll look out. into that uh, during the news here. J.R. Morning coming up next. Well, somehow Republican lawmakers proposed legislation to force schools to block social media or risk losing funding last week despite not having a speaker. Chris Renwick talks to Washington Post business reporter Christiana Lima about it on JR Afternoon. I tell you, we, we have been talking about the destructive nature of social media for a long time. And for, for adults, it's just, it's nothing. It's empty calories. It's, it's, it's nonsense. It is vitriolic most of the time at at worst. At best, it provides a simple dopamine hit and and really leads to nothing else. There there are very few benefits, I believe, to social media. Now, with that being said, social media can often be a very good form of gathering information. If you don't mindlessly scroll for hours on end, if you can exhibit some sort of (laughs) self-control like everything else in moderation it is okay and depending on the echo chamber that you surround yourself in again might not be that harmful but there is now some legislation in washington dc being bandied about that in exchange for a continuation of federal subsidies on on the social networks, the networks that schools use for for federal broadband subsidies, you keep that, but you gotta block social media from from being able to be accessed at school on school property. Christiana Lima is with the Washington Post as a business reporter and joins us. Uh, it's good to have you. Who's leading this charge for the Republicans? Thanks so much for having me. So Senator Ted Cruz is the lead sponsor on the bill, and he is the top Republican on the Senate Commerce Committee, which has jurisdiction over a lot of these issues, including both um, Internet access and these federal subsidies that are at play here, 
um, as well as issues around children's online safety, which are one of the key concerns in this effort. As 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 in my mind, as sometimes destructive and time wasting as social media can be for adults, it can be particularly damaging children. Right. We've seen those those congressional testimonies uh, from from the heads of social media companies uh, after reports surfaced and investigations were done that that it, this can literally be deteriorating the health and well-being and and mental capacity of teenagers, particularly teenage girls and how they view themselves compared to everybody else online. It, it, it can be a very dangerous place for for kids um, and and even more so what places like China and and com- countries like that, the, the amount of information and the type of information that they feed children in those places is very different than what children maybe here in America would see. And so the idea here is what? What what is the the goal here for Ted Cruz and others with this legislation? Right. So there's a number of efforts in Washington and also in in state houses around the country to restrict or in some cases ban social media uh, for kids. There have been some federal proposals um, in Washington that would ban kids um, under 13 from accessing social media and require parental consent up to 18. Those are bipartisan efforts, so there's broad concern about this in Washington. There have been some similar measures that have actually passed at the state level. Um, But what this proposal is trying to do is to basically condition schools, and, and this is a program that, you know, is designed to provide benefits to poorer school districts, Um, for them to receive Internet subsidies, things to make accessing and getting online at all more um, for it to be at a discounted rate. So to have access to those subsidies, the school district has to ban the use of social media for kids. And and the rationale that these lawmakers are putting forth is that the federal government shouldn't, shouldn't be footing the bill for kids to access platforms that they see as addictive and potentially harmful to kids. Yeah, harmful or or at the very minimum distracting. And and I, I think the, the interesting thing here that you pointed out is it, the schools that are receiving these subsidies generally are, are poorer schools in poorer school districts. I, I, I do see I kind of see both sides of the coin here. I, I do see the ability or the want to try to curtail what kids see, especially during school. You're there to learn. Let's try to learn. What you do at home is different. That's your business. But but at school, we're going to try to keep this thing on the track so you can get an education. But at the same time, taking that away from school districts that legitimately need it, I I, I see where that maybe wouldn't garner a ton of support from the Democrats. Right. This has a very politically tricky path in Washington. Uh, This program, it's called the E-Rate program that provides discounted Internet pricing. It's it's very popular among Democrats in Washington who have been very reluctant um, to dabble in any efforts to limit its scope. Um, Of course, the concerns around children on social media is bipartisan, as we've alluded to. Um, And so this is appealing to some of those concerns. Uh, but it's largely been Republicans that have been leading the charge in trying to narrow the scope of the Internet subsidies program. And so they 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 uh, may not be successful in terms of getting Democrats to, to sign on to this joint effort. Talk to me about about the the program and where it was created. Was this part I, I understand as part of the 
of the nearly two trillion dollar coronavirus stimulus package. But but in terms of the the potential of broadening this, the, the I, I I I I see that some on the left are are you, you mentioned how important they they view this program. Is there a potential of expanding this? Well, maybe those on the right, Ted Cruz and others, are are looking to curtail it. Yeah, so there's a couple programs actually that this would impact. One was passed as a part of one of the coronavirus stimulus package that Congress passed, um, I believe on a bipartisan basis in in 2021. Uh, But the other that I mentioned, um, Mm E-rate, has been around for longer. And that is one that uh, is currently, uh, actually just today, the Federal Communications Commission um, took a step towards expanding the program so that it would also uh, offer eligibility for schools trying to get internet access to be uh, cheaper for buses. It's first thing Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR. We'll be right back.